Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is Monday, September the 25th, 2023, the 25th Monday in Ordinary Time. And wow, we just have all kinds of 25s today, which reminds us it is three months until December 25th. Do you realize three months ago was the end of June? It was almost the 4th of July. Time flies. Anyway, I get excited. I get excited for summer. I also get excited for Christmas. I get excited for all the seasons. Anyway, they're all a gift from the Lord. Today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said to the crowd, No one who lights a lamp conceals it with a vessel or sets it under a bed. Rather, he places it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not become visible and nothing secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. To anyone who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he seems to have will be taken away. So we have a lot in this gospel. Jesus has this talent, (laughs) being God, he's a very talented person. And he jams in a lot of stuff into these little passages. So if, I mean, we can never possibly exhaust the riches that are in scripture, but if I could sum up uh, just a couple major points in this reading, one is we're all given gifts from almighty God and we should put them on a lampstand. It's not that we're bragging, hey, everybody, look at me, look at what I've done. But no, we're saying, look at what the Lord has done. Look at what he continues to do. Look at what he might do for you if you trust him, if you follow him. We need to be the light on the hill. And especially when there's good things happening, whether they're miraculous or simply acts and works of charity or simply the truth. We need to put it on the lampstand, put it on the hill, let everybody see because truth, beauty, goodness, the attributes of God, they are contagious. This is the thing about our faith. It's about drawing people to the light. It's not about cursing the darkness. It's true. We do have to warn people of sin and of hell, but the main thing here is that God has given us so much good. And it all comes out of heaven, and it all returns us to heaven. And we should be showing people what it's all about. A second major point here is the fact that things that are hidden will come to the light. That means good things eventually will come to the light. It's better if we let them shine. But also our sins will come to the light. Our defects, uh, events, and just things in our lives that we are trying to cover up they will all eventually be seen. And the third thing, third major point here, is that those who have will be given more. Now, this is a challenging thing, because I thought those who have, um, you know, like Our Lady's Magnificat. I mean, I talk about that all the time, and our Lord says similar things all throughout the Gospels. St. Paul says similar things, that if we are wealthy, rich, powerful, that will be taken away. If we are poor and needy, well, then we will be provided for. I mean, the Beatitudes talk about that. Yet here, Jesus says those who have will be given more. So I want to address all three things 
What if I just address each one once again to just go in a little bit of an explanation? But then I want to wrap them all up by talking again about Padre Pio. Padre Pio, we celebrated his feast the other day, and I feel like he can give us some great insight into all three. First of all, the lampstand. I attended a talk over the weekend uh, by a Catholic theologian who's written a book about healing, and the whole conference was about healing. And I want to read her book. I've already read another book about healing. Her name is Mary Healy. The other book that I had read was by Francis McNutt. And what both of them are saying in their ministries of healing that they've had in their lives is that miracles are much more normative than we realize. Miracles are everywhere. They're happening all the time. And we need to tell everyone. And it's making me think to myself, you know, I've experienced so many miracles in my life. Have I told people? Have I spelled them out? Should I, should I be writing them down? Should I be getting the stories out there of all the amazing things God has done just in my life alone? Never mind all the people around me and all the miracle stories that they tell me. But just in my own life, so many miracles. People need to know about these things and how much God loves us. And we shouldn't be silenced on these things. Sometimes I try to tell stories from my own life. People try to silence me. Oh, well, you're just into signs or miracles or whatever. What about the substance? What about this? What about that? And people say that both from the right and from the left. It's like, you know, who are you to be happy? <laughs> we want to be miserable right where we are. How dare you tell us about joy coming into your life because God is so good. And that's, that's frightening to, to think about that. Anyway, the pain that they must be in to say those things. The second major point here, what is hidden comes to light. I think about another great source of healing and miracles, uh, 12-step groups, people doing the 12 steps, whether it's AA, OA, NA, SA, GA, and I'm sure there's many others. Those are just the ones coming to mind right now. But people working on the 12 steps will say, you're only as sick as your secrets. And you know, sometimes then in church settings, after a person has worked the 12 steps and they're over their addiction, they're like healing and they're not drinking anymore or what have you, whatever the addiction was, then they want to just tell the world. And then we get in these conversations about, well, do the little old ladies at church really need to know about your drunken orgies uh, and all these other things that happen in your life? Well, I guess there's a time and a place for everything, but for the healing of that person, that person needs to bring into the light their sins so that they don't have to wait for judgment day. And really, we all need to do that. St. James says, confess your sins to one another. I know Protestants that don't have formal confession like Catholics do, yet they still believe in confessing their sins and bringing their sins to the light. And that's what scripture tells us to do. And that's how we dispel what Jesus is talking about here. That the, the, the evil stuff that's hidden is going to be brought out. So it's better if we bring it out. And the good, you know, the good and the evil both need to be brought to the light by us, you and me. It also goes back to, um, you know, and I, we have to do this with prudence, but still our Lord tells us, if you see your brother sin, correct him. And in the Old Testament, it talks about if you see your brother sinning and you don't correct them. I mean, you're going to be held accountable for that sin too. That's scary stuff to think about. There's people sinning all around us and we know it's very imprudent to just go around preaching to everybody, but 
there are ways, there are ways to say like, okay, well, this is what I do. This is what I'm trying to do and not sounding self-righteous, sanctimonious, etc. So anyway, that point of bringing things to the light, we're only as sick as our secrets. And then the third point, I just want to make a statement here. Good and evil both snowball. And that's where Jesus is saying something a little bit different than, uh, you know, saying the, the, the high will be brought down low, the low will be brought up high. When you go to a wedding feast, etc., there's so many different readings that talk about the contrast between being high or being low, being rich, being poor, being popular, being unpopular. It's, you know, those who have will be given more. Those who don't have will, the little they have will be taken away. It's about a snowball effect. Sometimes people think they're going to live a life of evil because it's fun or whatever, permissive. And then later on down the road, because of their Catholic faith that they learned as a child, they're going to convert. And, you know, I constantly will warn people against that mentality because evil snowballs. You might not want to convert when you get close to your death because you filled yourself with so much garbage. So if you have a little, let's build it up into more. Whereas if you have evil, that's going to build up into more and more and more. The devil wants you in hell. So whatever he's got on you, he's going to get more on you. He's going to build it up and build it and build it so that it's impossible, or at least it's going to feel and seem impossible for you to, to come out of that filth that you're caught up in. Um, that movie that came out recently about the uh, person possessed that everybody was talking about was a great movie. I think it was called Nefarious. Um, I wanted to make a point about that. Oh, the person that was possessed. See, there were... I thought it was a very well done movie. It was a good movie. It was kind of similar to screw tape letters. The problem is, um, you know, if that was a real life scenario, the demon wouldn't be talking that much because demons like to cover up what they do. They like to keep it in the darkness as long as they can. Um, you know, so this demon just openly talking about everything. I don't know that that's something that would happen, but, um, my saying that kind of proves the point about keeping things in the darkness. That's what the demons do. Eventually they will be brought to the light. But the person that was possessed didn't have any hope, didn't realize, you know, even though I'm under this horrible, horrible oppression and possession here, that's just keeping me down. I can still break free with the blood of Christ. That person didn't realize that. And so evil had snowballed more and more and more where the person felt helpless. And so the devil had more and more of a stronghold. So if there's evil, we need to keep that snowball from happening. Even just, is there a sin that you've recently committed that you've thought to yourself, ah, you know, I'll let that one go. I'm okay. I'm good in the other areas. So what's the big deal about that one? I I should be allowed to indulge myself a little here or there. And we have to realize it's going to snowball. But also good can snowball. Those who have will be given more. And this is so important to realize. When there is good, let's fight for that good. Let's work towards that good. The devil's going to attack it with everything he's got. So the good can snowball. We need to keep going. And I was thinking, uh, so I'll use my Padre Pio example for the, the third part of this reading here, the snowballing. Padre Pio in his life was a miracle worker. So many people came to San Giovanni Rotundo for miracles and for prayer and for confession 
And what amazes me about this saint is that most saints, after their death, people forget about them. An exception to the rule being St. Therese, maybe St. Anthony. St. Therese was not known at all in her life. And then now, look, there's a statue of her in every church. We celebrate her feast with great solemnity. She's such a favored saint among all the saints. So Padre Pio, in my own life and in my own time, I've seen the good snowball. In other words, like, I mean, I, you don't want to be blasphemous, especially with your Protestant friends. You don't want to be like, oh, well, I go to Jesus or sometimes Padre Pio, like they're equal. No, not at all. But people like, you know, and I see this as a good thing as long as we know Jesus is the Savior. And I, ho- I hope we all remember that, of course. But when it comes to intercessory prayer, I mean, you go into a pizza place, there's a little tiny crucifix, you know, some of these old Italians, and then there's this huge picture of Padre Pio. Well, okay, why? Because they've had miracles through his intercession, or people that they know and love have had miracles through his intercession, and they're happening constantly. I know of so many miracles, as I talked about the other day, through the intercession of Padre Pio, they're just happening all the time. The Lord must be so pleased to allow that to happen. We have a shrine not far from me. It's just a little roadside shrine to Padre Pio, but they have a notebook there with 350 miracles in it that have happened in conjunction with that shrine. So it's a snowball effect because people get excited about it. People love this man and they refer to him as a spiritual father. And he always talked about having spiritual children. So even in death, We're all becoming Padre Pio's spiritual children. This does not in any way negate Jesus and the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph and the other saints. We just celebrate. You know, it would be like if you're in an awesome family. Let's just say you have seven siblings and they're all wonderful, but then a cousin comes to live with you and he or she, you know, they're awesome too. Hey, well, the more the merrier. Let's, Let's have it. Let's build it up. God loves family. That's why he founded the church. So that's one thing. Um. The only as sick as your secrets, what is hidden comes to light. That was very much in the life of Padre Pio. The Lord gave him a gift and the Lord wouldn't have given him this gift unless he wanted it for the good. But the Lord gave him this gift of reading souls. So what was hidden was constantly coming to the light in the work of Padre Pio. And this enabled people to make good confession and make their peace with God. There was so many healings connected to the forgiveness of sin. This is how this works. Body and soul are connected. So a sick person would go to Padre Pio. He wouldn't maybe be able to heal them physically. He would say, you need confession. The person would go to confession and still it wasn't working. And finally, the Lord would give him the grace to see, oh, wait a minute. You committed adultery 10 years ago. Where's that? Why haven't you confessed that? And for whatever reason, the person wasn't confessing it. But with that help that they were given from Almighty God through Padre Pio, they were able to confess and then the healing took place. And then being on the lampstand for all to see, well, that's connected to the other two with Padre Pio, um, creating that snowball effect. Uh, This is why even in his life, so many people came to see him. There was so much attention given to him, which is why the Vatican put him under censure for a while, because they wanted to make sure he was the real deal. They wanted to make sure he was authentic, and he responded with obedience and humility. And that helped us to see that he was, in fact, the real deal that he was, in fact, uh, a good man, a virtuous man, and, and on his way to sainthood, you know, for all the miraculous things that happened around him, but also for all the good that he was doing and all the suffering that he was enduring. So we thank our Lord for his words of wisdom. 
We ask that we might be the light on the top of the hill, that the little we have been given might snowball more and more into good things. This is why we turn to these great stories from the lives of the saints, uh, and that we keep confessing our sins. We keep allowing what's hidden within us to come to the light so that the light may shine on all parts of our soul. And, you know, even if we have to suffer a little humility because of our defects, so be it if it's going to get us to heaven and bring us greater peace in this world. So we ask the Lord to always draw us closer to himself and that we may always live in the light and draw as many people to that light as we possibly can, rather as God permits, as God wills. Have a great day. God bless you.